Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let's uh, head to Baytown. Hello, Ronnie. Hello. What we have is a screened area. Uh, it's going in the house. They just cut out and made a screened porch out of it that uh, we keep flowers and so forth. It's got two okay. big skylights. It gets extremely hot during the summer in this screen porch area. Right. What I was thinking about doing was going up for the skylights to go up to the roof, which is about six feet, is cut out openings and put um, like the vents for your soffit or something to get the hot air to go up the roof and and out through the uh, thing versus have it just stagnated in that house. What do you recommend? You know, uh, like on greenhouses and stuff, what they'll normally do is at the end of one of the uh, peaks, they put a fan in so that they can blow air okay. through it or, or draw air out, and it draw they draw the air in through the other side. So it, you're not feeling the air moving per se, but it's moving across and and out. So yeah, absolutely, you could put a a fan in there. I would personally, you know. This is the one case where I may tell you you could use a regular attic fan type fan to move the air. Uh, usually I would tell people up in the attic go with a solar fan rather than one that uses electricity. But in a case like this, because you want to be able to turn it on and off as need be, you could go with just a regular electric fan up there. Okay, how would I come up with a size? What have any idea? Do I need to figure out how many square feet we have and come up with a size based on something? Well, uh, you know, a lot of them are going to operate at somewhere between 1,250 and 1,750 CFM. And so, really, I don't think you need to worry about size all that much. I think any one of those would do just fine for you. For us. Hello, Bill. Good morning. I, I was just wondering, I have a front door that's uh, wooden stained, I believe. And just over time, it's been a little weathered. And I heard you saying something about this ready seal. Yeah. Is that something that might be uh, an application might work for that? It can. Uh, it's going to depend on what's on the door right now. If you, if it had a like a clear varnish finish or uh, anything like that, that would have to come off first. And so you'd have to, uh-huh. you know, peel it or sand it or whatever to get, to get that off. It's not real shiny, so would that uh, be an indicator or, I mean... Yeah, that, that'd be an indicator that it may be off already, and if that's the case, then you would clean the door up and you can apply the ready seal on there, and yep, it'll it'll uh, protect that wood then. How long would it... Uh, no, I mean, you have to keep the door open quite a while, or does that nope. dry pretty... Nope, that's a nice thing about Ready Seal. You could you can put that product on there, and you can pretty much close the door right away. Then, wow! All right, I might give that a shot. If uh, if I happen to put that on there and it did have a uh, a clear varnish or something, what uh, what 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 would have I done then? I just had to take everything back. Oh my God! Off. You got to tear the tear the whole door apart and read. No, only the area <laughs> where where the varnish was. 
it wouldn't absorb Shut. into the wood. And so okay. you basically would just clean up the the wood or the, or the door just like you would have anyways. And then uh-huh. reapply the, the ready seal and you'll be fine. So maybe I should just do like a small area and see what it looks like first. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, Jim. Have a good you day. You bet. Take care. All right. Bye. Joel, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. Thank you very much for taking my call. My pleasure. Um, second time caller, uh, your suggestion. I, as a matter of fact, it's kind of convenient. You you mentioned Ready Seal. I called about a month and a half ago about Ready Seal from my front door, and the guy just called him. I'm uh-huh. Xanax, so I took mine off and sanded it. It worked wonderful. And uh, I, I know I won't have to do that again because Ready Seal allows for a second coat. So it yep. was a great advice, and I hope the guy takes your advice on it. Sure. Um, question for you is regarding flashing. Um, yeah. I, I, but flashing in the in the in the nails that the roofers put in flashing keeps on popping up. Uh, do you have a good way or know of a good product that will keep the flashing in place and not popping up and coming gap creating a gap between the roof line and the and the flashing? I wonder what they're what they're nailing into because a normal board it should hold. Uh, and and yeah. kind of what is it doing it in a lot of places or just a single spot? Uh, it's a couple places wherever it comes off the hardy plank onto the eaves that are asphalted and, and a little bit around the uh, uh, the uh, chimney where they got okay. flashing around the chimney under the under the asphalt. Well, the the first thing is instead of using just a straight shank nail, use one that's ribbed mm-hmm. uh, because that gives a little bit better grippability. The other choice would be to just plain take the nail out and put a screw in there. Okay. That's probably a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and, and make sure I seal it real close uh, with tar or whatever it is, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Ribbed or screwed in and probably a stainless steel screw, I assume. Yes, please. Trust. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Or galvanized. Right. I mean, they Good do advice. make galvanized screws as well. Okay. All right. Perfect. That'll, All right. That puts me in the right direction. Thank you very much. Great you show bet. and uh, very good advice. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Robert, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hello. Hello. Um, I had a townhouse, two story, and there's two bathrooms on the two full bed on it. The one on the second floor bathroom. The water drain kind of slow, and then uh, I use a uh, hand crank snake uh-huh. clear to it, and they go all the way the whole length of that 25 feet. Right. And then this happened again in, uh, a year later. Did, did it flow good it. after you used the snake and then happened again? Yeah, a okay. year later. Yep. Okay. So uh, what do you think? And, and what it, what is going slow? Is it a bathtub, a sink, or or a toilet? The bathtub. The bathtub. Yeah, it's it's building sludge in it, and and what causes that is the soaps we use, and and all the different uh, uh, perfumes, and and all the stuff we put on our bodies that wash off. It goes down into that drain, and it starts building up on the sides. And then and then they'll start turning into a mold and mildews and stuff that, that grow. And so it just expands out and plugs it up. And so, yeah, run the snake through it again. You'll open it up. 
but then you need to clean the inside of the pipe some. And there are chemicals, you know, like, uh, oh, Mr. Plumber and different things like that that are designed to help clean that stuff. I personally, I just spray scrubbing bubbles down through my P-trap, use a toothbrush to clean it out because it's almost always right there at the top, and that, that takes care of it. Hello, Ron. Hello. I have a 40-year-old home in the Piney Woods of East Texas. Yeah. And across the, across the front of it are four-foot-wide by six-foot-tall heavy plate glass windows. They're fixed glass. Someone recently broke into one of the windows, and I had to have a glass company come out to, to fix it. And he discovered that underneath the, uh, the, the frame is, is soft. In some places, it's rotten. He yeah. said, I've got to get that replaced. What do I do about that? I don't know. Uh, it's not visible without taking off the little trim that holds the glass in. And of course, the glass is all sealed in. Sure. Well, in. what happens is the water runs down the glass, and it's going between the glass and the wood trim mm -hmm. that holds it in place. Mm -hmm. So it's getting into the wood underneath right. and causing it to deteriorate. And Eventually, you will see it from the surface. But in order to fix it, basically, they're going to have to pop the trim. More than likely... The sides and top are fine. It's really probably just across the bottom. And a lot of times, if they'll caulk around the window, they can that they can hold it up while they take the bottom plates off, rebuild it, and put it back together again. So you have to take that plate off. Yes. In rare mm -hmm. in rare cases, they would have to remove the glass itself to do it. But in most cases, I think they can do it without. Okay, I would hope so. I don't know how we remove that glass. That, those yeah. things are heavy. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I once saw where someone had uh, uh, sandblasted soft wood like that and then fill, put in a wood filler in. That's that only like if it's strictly on the surface and only, yeah. you know, like a quarter inch deep. If it gets any deeper than that, you, you won't be able to do that because it's just too far gone. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Gosh, this is Jim. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well. Well, how can I help you? Well, I'm talking about painting. I've got oil base trim and doors in my house, and uh, we went to did a project in one of the rooms and put water base on there. It didn't work too well. No, it peeled so off. I went back and talked to them about the oil base. They uh, they told me that there's a lot of a lot of stuff you have to do in order before you paint. Can you elaborate on that? Well, especially now that you've already painted it, we got to pretty much get that old, that that new paint that you put on off the oil base. Because otherwise, if you put a, a coat of oil base over it, it's still going to peel. Because it's actually the the water base paint that's peeling off the oil base. Now, any place that you don't have water base paint, you know where it is already oil base. If you clean that up real good. You're good to go with painting on it. No, there is no big issues. I, I don't know why so many people got into this thing that, oh, it's so hard to use. The The painting of oil-based paint is fine and easy to do. It's a cleanup when you make a mess, cleaning up your brush, things like that, that, that uh, is, kind of, is a pain when you use oil-based paint. But it does a really good job on trim and cabinets and stuff like that. Um, do you recommend mineral spirits to the cleanup on that? That's what I use. Yeah, so just basically uh, wipe it down, make sure it's clean of dust and anything, and uh, paint yep. right over it. 
that's it. Now, I, I will tell you, when I'm using mineral sp spirits to clean up, I will have two little tubs of it. And when I say little, uh, I'm typically going to put about two cups, if I'm doing a brush, for instance, about two cups in each one. And I use the first one to clean that brush up as well as I can. I use the second one then to clean up what's left in it from the first cleanup, just basically to flush stuff out. Uh, and I may go sometimes to a third one if I've been painting all day with it. But you want to get it to where you don't have any paint left in, because if you have any paint left in that brush, that's when it starts getting stiff. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've dealt with that. Now, uh, what's the uh, what's the idea on the trick of putting the brush in the freezer and reusing it? Ah, Is that was, for water base? You, actually, you can do that water base or oil base. If you'll take just some, uh, you know, saran wrap type stuff, you know, clear wrap, and just wrap it around the brush, uh, push it down where you got all the air out of it and stuff, you know, so that the plastic is tight against the brush. Man, you can put it in the in the refrigerator and it's it's good for days. Yeah, that's what I that's what I understand. Yeah. Uh, let, let, one more question. Do you have oh, sure. time for one more? Yeah. Uh, so when you're repairing walls or when you're uh, doing addition to a room, anytime you have new or repair on sheetrock and you have to do a, an orange peel texture on it. Yep. Is there an easier way than blowing it on and knocking it down? No. Well, I guess this would just be a blow-on. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a knockdown. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If it's orange peel, it's strictly a blow-on. And they actually make uh, little guns now to do patch areas like that. Uh, you can also get it in a spray can. It takes a little practice to get good with them, but uh, they actually do a, a really good job. But, no, you gotta you got to spray it on. If it's a knockdown type, then you can get away with using a sponge or rollers, depending on how heavy the texture is, to put it on and then knock it down with a, uh, you know, a trowel or whatever. But uh, as far as the the orange peel or the the light texturing that way, it strictly blow on. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, you bet. Going to head to North Richland Hills. Hello, Joe. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? doing well i've got a plumbing question for you i have a about a 2700 square foot home and i have two 50 gallon water heaters up in the attic but it takes me in the kitchen over a minute to get hot water in the master bedroom almost two minutes to get hot water and in the guest bath close to a minute to get a hot water but in our washroom it's almost an instantaneous is there Man, anything they are, they are route, routing it all around the house to get to the different places aren't they yeah apparently is there anything that can be done to, to help solve that? Yes. Uh, there's a couple things. One would be a recirculating system that you can turn on as you enter a room that's going to use hot water. Uh, the other would be to put in an instant hot, uh, hot water source on, you know, just a... Uh, let me start that one again before I stutter too much. You can put a, a, a single spot single faucet instant hot uh -huh. water heater and then once the hot water gets to it it shuts off and just the water out of the tank starts flowing for your hot water uh so you you do have some options if you use a recirculating system 
one of the downsides of those is you've got water and the reason that water circulating through the pipes all the time. And that's the reason I tell you use a switch that you can turn it on and off because it will actually wear pipes out. Now, mm-hmm. we're not talking anything that's going to happen in a, a short term, but uh, over a long term it can. For the instant hot water heater, uh, I have two sinks in the master bath. I'd have to put one in each of those sinks or under each of those sinks, wouldn't I? Are are they on opposite walls? Yes. Well, you know, not necessarily. Actually, you could do one. Depends on how the water comes up and goes into everything. Uh huh. And so that would have to just be looked at. Okay. All right. Now there is one other option since you've got two of them. You separate them up in the attic, or, or uh-huh. are they in the attic or the garage? In the attic, above the okay. garage. Okay, so you can separate them and move one to the other end of the house and split your water pipes so that uh, they're going to closer runs, but that gets pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah, okay. All righty, we'll take a look. All right, take care, Joe. Thanks for your help. And hello, David. Hello, Jim. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I've got a little uh, painting issue that I wanted to bring up. Okay. I've got uh, I've got brick on the lower portion of my house, and I want to paint it. Uh, the problem is, or potential problem is, a lot of the mortar that I have there over 30 years is uh, worn away, and there's a little bit of uh, mold and mildew on it, and so I'm wondering. Can I just paint over that, or is there any special prep that I should do with the mortar, especially before I paint the lower it's, portion of my house? It's definitely going to have to be cleaned up first. So uh, okay. I would recommend that you hit it with a pressure washer first. Uh, you know, get the bulk of it cleaned up and stuff. Uh, you'll probably want to wash it down with some bleach or something like that to try to kill as much of that as possible. Then you'll prime it using a masonry primer uh and that's available at paint stores you're not going to you're not going to get it at the box stores more than likely but if you'll go to Sherwin Williams or Kelly Moore Paint or you know any paint store like that uh they'll have yep. masonry primers and then okay. masonry paint to put on it and if you'll do that uh it'll it'll last for years and years okay well that's uh Sounds like a good lineup for me. I'll I'll go with that. All righty. Well, David, good luck with Thank that. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you. We're going to talk with Yvonne. How are you today? Hi, Jim. Um, I want to create an opening in the wall of my den, cut through the brick, and install a window that's three foot by six foot because my den is very dark. Okay. I've had a, a masonry company come out and give me an estimate. I've had a remodeling company come out and give me an estimate. I have a concrete tile roof on my house. The two companies that gave me estimates never talked about the weight of the roof possibly collapsing that opening someday. They never talked about reinforcing it. Um, I'm not sure how to proceed. The the reinforcing would be just a header that they would put above the opening. Okay. And it's, I'm sure that the carpenter who was looking at cutting the opening in probably figured that in because that's just part of putting a window in. Okay. So uh, even though it's a, a heavy concrete tile roof, a header would be enough support? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Um, because I talked to a window company, and they brought that up. And the guy said, well, you need to talk to an architect. And I thought, mm. well, is it an architect or is it an engineer? And why didn't anybody mention this to me, to me when they gave me an estimate? Because as heavy as that roof may look to you, yeah. uh, it, it's not all that unbelievably heavy for the house itself. And oh. so the the header going across, you know, a window is just not that wide, so it won't take that much of a header. Okay. So it'll probably be just okay. be a, a two by six header across there, and and it would be just fine. Okay. Thank you. Very much. Bye. Bye, Roy. How are you today? Every day's a holiday in Texas. <laughs> you got that right. Hey, I've got a twenty-two year old home, and we bought it from somebody else 15 years ago and it's got a slate back porch that they put a metal screen system on top of and the slate is starting to disintegrate in places and chip around the edges is there anything short of taking up the whole screen porch and breaking up that uh slate oh man your holiday's over isn't it (laughs) (laughs) um you know, they actually make sealers that you can put on those slate floors. And what it does is it, it helps it from disintegrating that way. If you'll stop in at one of the floor and decor locations, uh, they carry it. And it, it's for slate floors. Okay. And yet that'll prolong it for a bit longer? Yep. Well, I'll give it a try. I appreciate your time. You bet. Take care. This came in at 1 o'clock. And it's from Brian in Lakeside. And he says, contractors using customer outlets for power tools. What are the the rules and or industry code for contractors using customers' 120-volt outlets to power their tools while working? I guess my question is, what do you want them to do? I mean, they could bring in a generator, but they're going to charge you for that they got to have power from somewhere to run the tools unless you want to pay the extra labor of them using hand saws to cut everything. So I'm not sure. And, you know, I I periodically do get these complaints that, well, they're using my electricity or they're they're using my my outlets. Again, I have to ask, if you don't want them to use your outlets, your electricity and things like that, you probably shouldn't be having remodeling done because they got to have power from somewhere. And sometimes people will say, well, can't they just hook into the breaker box? They can, but they got to have an electrician come do it. Again, it's an added charge. You have outlets there to plug things in and use it. Let the contractors do their job. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.